Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back in Season 2, Episode 1. The Winterhawks Podcast is back. Andy Dur Johnson with my good buddy, Nick Merrick. Nick, what's going on? How was the offseason? Oh, my gosh. It went by so fast, Andy. We were talking for... Uh Probably about a good 10, 15 minutes before we jumped on the podcast just to catch up on some things because it's crazy to think hockey's back. Uh, you know, the offseason just zooms right by. And Always does. They're putting the ice in right now as we're currently talking for this episode. So, uh, you know, it's just exciting that Winterhawks hockey is kind of getting back into full swings and can't wait for this home opener on Saturday night. <laughs> it is crazy. I, I, I do this every year. I feel like hockey and soccer are this way that I can't wrap my head around the start of the season. Like, it's just weird. Like, I'm in football mode, kind of. It's still 90 degrees outside. Yes. I know it's raining today as we tape this, but it's like, I, I'm not there yet. And I'm, like, looking at, like, all right, the Hawks are back. Camp's starting. They're playing preseason. They're already 2-0. They've already played two games. Like, I can't it, – it just doesn't compute with me this early on in the year. But, as you mentioned, the home opener is here, and it's so exciting to get here. I think especially for Hawk fans the way last season ended – that it just it lingers during the offseason. And I'd imagine inside that locker room, too, that there's like that extra motivation. And now we're here and you got a chance to go redeem it. Yeah, without question. I, I think that's kind of a message from the older crew is they, they were upset with how it ended last year. And, and they knew they had the team that could have, you know, went at least an extra round and, and had a shot there against Kamloops. And, you know, from a front office standpoint, too, I'm, I'm looking at things and uh, had a chance to go up to uh, the Showware Center for, for a game. Um, I think it was game five at that point, one of the later games against the Blazers. And right kind of that day of going, I thought, ah, you know what? I don't know if I could do this. I think I might need to just watch it yeah. on online. Cause it's it's tough. Like you you go through an eight-month season and, and you want the team to succeed and you're, you're really enjoying the guys and they're playing great hockey and the, and the team's gelling. But, you know, they just fall a little bit short. Um, and then you focus on this year and, and you get a lot of those players back. You graduate plenty to the pro ranks, so a little bit of a different team coming into this year. Um, but it, it's going to be another competitive season. The players know that. And, you know, that's what you want. You just want to have a good group that could rally early on. If they can come together and kind of take a little bit of what Seattle did, they, you know, they were kind of hit with the injury bug during they the were. year. And, and what, what happened is they kind of hit this stretch in, let's call it, late February into March that they got hot, they got their players back, they got the gel together, uh, and then they went on that nice run all the way to the you know, winning the Western Conference and, and taking Edmonton there to a – uh, you know, an exciting series in the WHL yeah. championship. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. I know it's it's always the hard part in juniors is when that ends and, and you're going to see some players move on, which I'm sure we'll talk to in a little bit as well. But, um, you know, just very exciting to see what's, what's going to be next, next for this group and how the makeup's going to kind of develop itself and what the nucleus of this group is going to be. Well, before we get to the first two games in the home opener, did the play-by-play man of the Winterhawks do anything fun in the offseason? Oh, my gosh. I was all over the place. Were you? All yeah. over the place. It was wild. It's, it's the time you have to take advantage of kind of getting some family time and getting exactly. away from the rink. 
Uh, let's just say I put full use of uh, our PTO here at the Winterhawks. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure that you know you got the full refresh because it's tough. You're you're starting to be yeah. Saturday Sundays on the road. You're going seven day weeks when the when the season's starting, and and we're having a lot of fun, but it's a lot of long hours. Um, ended up going to uh, first trip I've ever taken to New York. My wife Amanda and I went down to uh, Cancun for a nice four day trip. Look at that! Huh? Uh, I saw family in in Florida and Minnesota. We took a really quick, like the, immediately after the season ended, we took a quick trip to Vegas. So we were kind of all over the map, just seeing friends, family going together. Um, it was nice to get away. Actually, it's it's ironic because it's the one time I really didn't get to enjoy the nice weather in Portland because every <laughs> right. every other weekend it felt like I was somewhere new. Yeah, you need the opposite. You need to, you need to be able to take vacation during <laughs> the hockey season yeah, exactly. and then stay at home in the exact, summer. <laughs> well, to be fair, I guess I kind of do take vacations, right? Just to working vacations. That's but, true, yeah. Oh, like this past weekend, we're up in, in British Columbia, and that's always nice to check out different spots. Uh <laughs> But it's it's funny. It's it's crazy how quick that off season goes, then, especially when you have the travel. Exactly. So it's nice to get back in the normal ho- normal hockey routine here. Well, you guys are. Gr- I mean, I, I don't think people understand behind the scenes how much you guys work, the amount of time that goes into it, and how everybody over here at the VMC is wearing like thirteen hats at once. For so sure, you guys are doing an incredible job. But I know it's kind of like you're just shot out of a cannon. Here we go, <laughs> season starting, and you know I'm I'm walking in here with equipment. Like, hey Nick, why don't you take thirty five minutes and come tape a podcast? With no, me, that's okay? that's the whole joke. We, we say that when the players come back for nearly cup we're all looking at them and we're pretty much exhausted from the end of our summer push right. that we're like thank goodness there's like 17 year old energy that we could just <laughs> right grow off they're bumping of music we're excited yes, you know the yes. season's it, it back. gets you back into the seat well because you're you're working so hard and you're getting yeah. ready for the year and you know you, you want fans to, to have a great experience at games you want to make sure you're buckled in on all the you know internal stuff moving into the year and and the next thing you know, you're you're like, oh my gosh, like the season's here. So you're thinking like, what are what are we doing all this work for? Because you're just going nonstop, and there's no games. So it's all the prep work. Then the players come, and it's a whole different story. And and now, you know, as we're talking here today, it's it's a much better experience to have hockey back around. <laughs> and you know, two games into the season, you still yeah. have 66 more. Hopefully, many more after that in the playoffs. An and undefeated season is still right, alive, right? right? <laughs> well, the whole joke. Uh, Gabe Clausen's just been the hot stick. He's he's, he's on, on pace for 500 goals. Yeah, I think, going I think for? it's 200. Four is where he's on pace. It's nuts. It's funny because, uh, you know, hockey fans typically follow players on elite prospects mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of get numbers from around the league. And you get the tune in on the NHL guys and the professional guys and, and junior guys and all that. And it's funny. They actually had a projected line. And, and it made me laugh the other morning when I saw that. Like, we've been kind of – I've seen we put that out there, too. Uh, you know, just making light of how unbelievable the start he's having. And then it's hilarious to see it like on an actual platform that hockey stat sits that, oh yeah, Gabe's actually potentially going to get over 200 goals. It's not going to happen. I saw Dennis Holland was, was teasing at it too. And actually I ran into the Dennis up in Kelowna uh, and he was like, I don't know if my 82 goals are, are going to stick here. It could be in Obviously, jeopardy. He's kind of half joking because that's so hard to right. hit. Like I can't even imagine scoring more than 70 right. in a WH. Like look at more Bjorkstrand. than a goal a game. Bjorkstrand scored 60 and that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, cause you're only playing 68 games. So you can pretty much kind of play all of them. You got to score like two or three goals in a bunch. So it's wild. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. But it's fun. And it's, and it's, I think it's, it's a great way to start the podcast because the season beginning, it sneaks up on me every year. And here I am sitting around last weekend and I'm like, all right, I got a, I got a Hawks broadcast to dive into. Yep. They're playing a couple of games. I mean, what do we make of, cause I remember last year for Portland, it was the slow start and it yep. was waiting for one of the 20 year olds. Is Seth coming back? Is Jaden coming back? And they just didn't get off to the normal start. And Mike's okay with that. He wants to take a couple of weeks. Let's see what we got. And it's a long season as we allude to. And Portland clearly hit their stride 
you know, somewhere around late October, early November, and then it was like, you know, they were off the rest of the season. They've hardly lost a game once December kicked around. Yes. But here you go, opening the, uh, the season on the road with a couple of games, still not sure exactly what your roster is going to look like, and it's already a 2-0 start. I mean, i got to imagine everybody's feeling good with, with still some lingering questions about what the roster is going to look like. Without question. They're feeling really good. Obviously, the first game against Kamloops, there was a little bit of a shorthanded lineup there for the Blazers. They still had six guys away at NHL camps, and... Obviously, they're going to be big-time contenders. I know they may not looked it for the fan base on Friday, but yeah. you're going to get those six guys back, or at least very likely five of them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if Logan Stankoven for them is going to get that Seth Jarvis treatment and just stick in the NHL uh, as a 19-year-old full-time, but we'll find out. Mo- on most- that note, by the way, how hard is that as a catch-22, being a part of the organization where you, you want them to have success – but you also want them back. It's for, like for sure you can't have it both ways. No. But it's all it's all you know. It's, it's a nice surprise when Jaden Duro comes back. But you're bummed that Seth doesn't come back. But you're happy for him that he's in the NHL. Yes, yes. It's the same exact <laughs> vibe we're kind of going with now too with with Tyson Kozak and Cross yeah. Hannis. And uh, you know, in my opinion, Nick Merrick's opinion, I don't know anything yet. Right? It's all the discretion of the NHL teams and the AHL clubs and their organization. I, I would say there's a, a far better chance. Yes, the no that they're going to stick in the NHL or at least the you know through NHL training camp and, and play professionally this year, be it in the NHL or AHL. So I, I don't know if, if this year is going to be much of a, a waiting game. I feel like it's it's kind of obvious what's happening because of how good that both Cross and Tyson played a season ago, and they kind of accomplished what they need to in juniors. So that, that's the big thing too is from a development standpoint, what do they get out of their time in Portland? Do they make the most of it? Answer yes. Are they ready? Yes, at least I I believe so. Um, I, you know, I, I, from what I'm hearing, the raving reviews seems like everybody up in Detroit and Buffalo seems to think the same as well about yeah. those two. Um, but you're right. It's funny because you, as and now as I'm saying that, you think like, ah, darn it! Like I want to hit my fist on a table because <laughs> you, you see, you see what big of a leaders you can get back yeah. this year, and how much the team then could even make that much better of a championship push um, when you add those pieces back. But it's it's exciting for all of them. Uh, obviously, we said we we're going to talk about it, so you move those two on. Jarvis has already left, but that wasn't even a, a picture for last year. You get Clay Hannes. Uh, signing a, a pro deal in the summer with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. So he'll be in their AHL affiliate in Wilkes-Barre this year out east. Very, very exciting news for him. Uh, great leader to really good captain for this team a season ago and and arguably the team's best defense too. And, and, and that showed because he just stepped into that role so well and, and played a fantastic game, first team recognition in the U.S. division. So the accolades speak for himself. He gets his chance at pro hockey. Love that for Clay. And then Taylor Gochi, kind of very similar story. Gets traded, comes to Portland. We already covered him signing. He's now off to Pittsburgh, so he works his tail off to get an NHL contract. Um, and, and now he's still playing You know, in preseason games. I saw he was dressed for the other game, uh, preseason game the other day for Pittsburgh. And then the, the final one of those 20s, uh, Jaden Durow, obviously being in right. Tampa and, and him making the full-time step this year as well uh, to play with the, the Lightning organization. So it's really cool to see those guys move on. Obviously, the last three we talked about, they, they're graduated from the WHL. So they can't come back. Uh, but you obviously do look at Tyson and Cross, and that's what the fans are curious about because it's that like unknown question. But you know, I, I think this crew that you have now in front of you is honestly really good. It's sneaky good. Uh, there's going to be some growing pains. There always is because those rookies need to get kind of acclimated with the systems and, and get used to more of that not 24-hour, but, you know, a full-day grind yeah. where a, a lot of them do have it now, the way they're structuring things in, in uh, you know, their their Bantam programs. But, uh, you know, sometimes AAA hockey, when they're playing at an under-18 level, you go to class, you come in, you get about an hour of ice, you do a quick workout optional, or, you know, sometimes as a group. 
some programs are different, but now you come to Portland and it's you're going to wake up, you have school, it's dedicated time for a two-hour chunk, whether you're in high school at sunset, you're online, or you're taking college classes, you have to go through a you know pretty much a 45-minute to an hour workout every day with Rich Campbell, you're on the ice for at least two hours, sometimes earlier there were two a days in training camp. It's a different grind for those players, and they kind of get to get their bodies used to it and their mind used to it, um, but you know, all signs in the first two games in the weekend <laughs> look pretty they good. They look good. And they, they, <laughs> they took care of business when they needed to against Kamloops. It was a weaker lineup, like we said. They got a 3 nothing win. And then they played, a, a honestly, a challenging Kelowna team. It's a very similar build where they have a nice defensive core. Their goaltending is going to be pretty similar to the Portland's where they have a couple of goalies they can kind of alternate through with kicking in. And then once they get Talon Boyko back from Rangers camp, assuming they do because he's still unsigned even though he's a 20 um, you know, and then there's a lot of NHL prospects on that team. Andrew Crystal, Caden Price. Um, so they're kind of dangerous as well, just yeah. like the Hawks. And that was a statement win to, to kind of handle that adversity, come back from down two goals late in the game and, and, and get a big win because I guess we were talking about it from last season, Andy. The team kind of lost some of those early ones that they, you know, they, they had a chance to come back on, but they just fell a little short. So it's nice to see them on the first adversity they handle on the road. They, you know, they come away with the W. You pass the test, and it'd be great to get to a point where you're not spending all of November or late October digging yourself out of a hole, right? You just get off to a good start. Some guys come back or don't come back, and you just kind of know this is where the roster is at. Before we get to the note of who is coming back, because there is some big news this week, I mean, we we joke about Gabe, but what what a start. I mean, it's just incredible seeing the performance that he puts on in the first two games. So, obviously, his performance, I just want to get your thoughts on seeing it in person, but also what stood out to you based on, as you mentioned, a young roster, a lot of new faces. What has kind of jumped off the ice to you? Granted, short preseason two games in, but what has stood out to you so far? Let's get to Gabe first. Uh, I think the big thing there is we just mentioned the players who were leaving, a lot of them being forwards as well. Um, and Gabe was kind of that one person coming into this season as a 19-year-old that you really put a star next to and say, okay, if the Winterhawks are going to kind of carry that momentum and pick up where they need to, like this is one of the guys that has to take that next step. Obviously, it's two-game sample size, but holy cow, did he look good. <laughs> it's a bit of a step. He was incredible. And honestly, it was it was a really dangerous line. It was him and Kyle Chizowski and Dawson Pasternak. And we saw that a little bit um, kind of through the practice time in the train in the preseason. But they never got Gabe never got to play a preseason game because he was at the Colorado Avalanche camp. So it was one of those, hey, we're he- you're here. You know, Mike and the coaching staff knows that Gabe will be a part of their team this year. But you don't get to see him at all in a game action <laughs> right. until that first game. So there's a little bit of, of question of, okay, how's the lineup's going to work? You know, do the coaching staff like what the combos they put together? Is they're going to be juggling there? He looked really good. He was just speedy. He got to the right spots. He dictated his line. Did a really good job on, on winning face-offs. Obviously, he could play power play penalty kill. So immediately slides right into that top role in both those pairings and just kind of looked like the Gabe Clausen that you wanted to see break out to start the year. I'm sure he even even he would you know laugh with us now and say, I don't think I was expecting six goals. <laughs> Who would? Right, but he did right. all the right things to put himself in that spot, and his teammates were really good on the ice with him. Um, so it's cool to see him provide that first scoring touch. Now I'm sure from the Portland faithful, the next word is going to be like, well, it's great that Gabe's doing well, but who else is going to score for this team? You know, <laughs> right. you can't you can't have uh, one oh, guy scoring three goals yes, a game all what was year. It, six yeah. of the nine goals scored by <laughs> one player. Right, that's not going to sustain. But obviously, it's it's not going to. It's going to be more balanced once the year comes on. So um, I think Gabe's poised for a big year. He set a career high in points and goals last year. 
He's one of the leading scorers in, in terms of returning production from a season ago. He's going to make that step. He was outstanding in the playoffs, um, so he's kind of carrying that momentum right into this year. He did everything right with his offseason training, um, so I think he's going to be poised for a big year. And then just in terms of some new guys, I think it's going to be fun to watch some of those 16-year-olds that are back in the lineup because the Winterhawks didn't have that a season ago. So that's Alex Thompson on defense, and that's Diego Budazzoni on on the forward front. Both those two look really good too at the Neely Cup camp. So uh, I know some fans kind of were, were circling their numbers on their on their rosters when watching uh, training camp here. Wow, I guess a month ago. Um, <laughs> oh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> that, that feels weird to say. It flies. Yeah, in, in early September, they had a chance to watch them. Uh, I think they're going to be obviously a couple of young prospects to watch and see how they do in their rookie seasons. But again, there will be little growing pains. You have to adjust to this level. But they're very talented players. I, I think they're going to they're you know they're going to fit in no problem. And then you know it's a talented defensive group as as well right now I know we're about to jump into this too but uh probably gonna have to make a move somewhere roster move I think it sits right now at 27 players um, eventually by mid-October uh, teams are required to get it down to more of that 23-man roster um, but they give you a grace period with some of those guys away at camp and, and not knowing the situation of some 20-year-olds coming back and all that and you know things kind of line up where you have about an extra 10-day grace period but teams like to figure it out earlier than later, um, you know, to kind of solidify their roster. And right now you have 10 really good defensemen that can all play at this level. So I'm kind of sitting over here being like, ooh, like, you know, which one or two is going to have to get moved off the roster? And now movement doesn't necessarily even mean trade. It could be, but it could also just be, hey, we don't have a spot. We're going to put you back in your AAA program or we're going to put you in a, um, you know, a junior B team in, in Canada, be it the MJ or the SJHL. Um, can we kind of seen that with a couple of players already, like the 16-year-olds and Cairns and Darby and Dick that the team sent back to Canada about, you know, a week ago during preseason time. One more year of development. Exactly. We'll hopefully be back next year. Exactly. And then they could still be used as a call-up situation should there be players away for, you know, national camps of the under-20 levels of Canada or USA or, or for their country. Um and then also there's injuries because that happens in hockey. Right. Um, so, so they're still usable this season. They can still get their 10 games. Um, but I, I think there's going to be some shakeups that happen there. I think the forward core is interesting because you have a lot of returners. There's a few newcomers in there. Uh, but, you know, a, a handful of the nucleus from the season to go is, is you kind of see sprinkled back. It's going to be Gabe Clausen. It's going to be uh, James Stefan. It's going to be Marcus New. And it's going to be Kyle Chazowski. Dawson Pasternak's back from injury, which feels like a new piece. But then you're like, oh, he was really good before, before he got the injured. injury. Yeah. Yeah. So. So pretty much like your entire top six is coming back from a season or at least what's going to be your top six most likely is is back from a season ago and and then it's just kind of filling in the dots if you're Mike and, and Brian and Kyle and I don't I don't envy them because I know that's a tough decision to make this time <laughs> of year and, and you know you got to really evaluate your club's roster and see yeah. what's happening so I think that's kind of what's going to be underway uh, going into the, all these practices because you have a long week of practice you don't have a game Friday you don't have a game Sunday. You're just focusing on the home opener. Um, it's going to be a party here at the VMC. And then you look to that following week, too, and you get five, six straight days of practice before your next game. So there's a lot of windows where it's just a lot of on-ice time that the coaches can evaluate. And I think that's when we'll start to see some uh, you know, roster moves happen uh, and, and things shape up. But it's an exciting team, and, and it's going to be – very fun to watch this early part of the year to kind of see how the group develops. Well, and I will talk to Mike, obviously, throughout the year on the podcast, but I think he would probably say he loves that schedule, right? Where you get a couple of games, give me a week of practice. What did we do wrong? What did we do right? What do we need to work on? Get one game, and then you get another week of practice. Yes. I mean, that's perfect for a young team uh, early in the year. And to your point on Gabe, it's great to have 
Now, there's obviously new faces and guys that need to figure out their roles, but to be able to have a guy like Gabe come in and play on a line that he played some minutes with last year, there's already that continuity built in. Correct. And you can kind of get the season started on, on the right track. Now, I saw this, and everybody's got to go follow Nick on Twitter because you get the breaking news there. <laughs> At Nick Merrick on Twitter, go give him a follow. So, I, the, the Merrick Ulster news is big, right? The, of all these guys that are waiting, are they coming back? And especially you're replacing a leader like Clay Hannes, who you pointed to, who was such a stalwart for them the last, whatever, five, four or five years. been here forever. And so those are big, those are big skates to fill. Getting Merrick Ulster as a start, but as you point out, now it's a numbers game of what are you going to do with the decor and how many guys are you going to keep and yes. go. But just on Merrick and, and him coming back and what that does for this team early in the season. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a really big boost there for the team. And it's an interesting summer. For, for Alsher, because, you know, it, it starts in the draft, and he was the first draft pick of the Panthers. He went in the third round of the summer. So you get the high of, of getting selected. He's doing all of his off-season training. He's getting ready for his year. He knows that camps are coming up. Then he goes to development camp right away in Florida. So now he's, he's working with them uh, immediately after getting drafted. Then he goes back and trains a little bit. Then he's going to Finland for the um, – Four Nations tournament to represent Team Czechia. And then also Jan Spoonar is there, who's the other uh, fellow import goaltender mm-hmm. on this Winterhawks roster. Um, so now you get a little bit of a, a countryman friendship, if you will, of at least having familiarity, familiarity of playing uh, international games together. And he goes from there to immediately back home to grab his passport and, and collect his visa and then comes to the States. And then he's he's here at the end of training camp. And then two days later, he's back over to another <laughs> camp. So he's been just ragdolled all over the place. Um, so I'm sure he won't mind just kind of easing into Portland a little bit, uh, right? Um, but he's going to be a huge bump for this team. I expect a big season for him. And honestly, it, it's interesting because the Panthers selected him. And I'm, I'm bringing this point up because who do the Panthers just take with their last Winterhawk? Johnny Lowe. Ludwig, another captain of the Winterhawks back when, but he was more of a defensive defenseman at the time of him getting drafted. And I saw so much negativity, a lot of positives, but there was some negativity when they were taking Ludwig. You know, just get the naysayers like, oh, where was this guy on the draft boards? Why'd you take Ludwig? That was a reach. Okay, well, look at him now. How's it worked out for you? Yeah, he was injured. He was injured part of last year, (laughs) so he didn't get to play a full season in the AHL, uh, which is obviously extremely unfortunate. But he looked incredible at all the camps. Then all of a sudden, it went from the narration of, well, this guy wasn't very good because they look at the junior numbers. Like, well, what's a defenseman who puts up, you know, 15 points when he's drafted exactly. going to do for us? It's like, well, th- there's more than just an offensive defenseman than a Kale McCarr <laughs> and Adam Fox that lighten the lamp. Right. Uh, so then, then you get him going. Then all of a sudden, Florida loves Johnny. I didn't mean to throw any, like, shade on Johnny there if he's tuning into this. We, we all love, we love you, Johnny. We love you. It's just one of those, like, you know, you, you see the comparison. These boys feel that social media presence when For they sure. get some of those. And and, and then Ulster, there was no negativity on the Ulster side, actually, which is great. I don't think I saw a single one that compares to Ludwig. But it's one of those where you, you draft him. He, he definitely went above where the scouts' projections were for him, who make all, you know, the central scouting blogs, anybody on The Athletic, and, and kind of those prominent pieces that you follow. Nobody had him in the top three rounds. But then he gets selected, and then people think, all right, who's this guy? Well, I think he's going to be that one in Portland that develops into that Johnny Ludwig role, who just is a steady defenseman already. He's big and physical, yes. but now he's going to increase his offensive game because of his, his time and what his situation on the ice is going to be. And I think he's going to blossom. I don't know if it's going to be immediately, but you're going to notice him being good. And I think at some point towards the holidays that Mike always likes to look, you're going to notice this uptick in Ulster, uh, and he's going to just take this one off and just absolutely hit a home run this season. Um, so it'll be exciting to watch that. And then, you know, now you're going to have a great core that was all together last year with the uh, you know exception of Clay Honest that's back. I think you had 
eight defensemen on your roster last season. You lost one. You got seven of them back. <laughs> that's one of your strengths. So uh, that's where we scratched our head over, too. Like, you know moves are coming, but it's a really, really good group yeah. um, that's going to kind of be dangerous here out west. I mean, it really could carry the team this year. 100%. And it's a great thing to have, a great strength there to have. And, I, you know, it's so funny because we all see prospects and you see the evaluations, and we're right and wrong on guys. And this happens in every sport, right? For we sure. all got our guys in the NBA or NHL. For sure. This guy's going to be great. And you see him like, how did he not end up being great? I don't, <laughs> but I, I know just from last year, because we'll always, for the TV broadcast, you'll get the scouting rankings and where are guys, you know, oh, this guy's evaluated as a C grade or a fourth, yes. fifth round pick, whatever. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you watch Merrick Alster play, and it doesn't make any sense. It's, I, I just, I, how is this not a higher draft grade? It doesn't, and then you see him go early in the third round. You're like, okay, at least one NHL team came to their senses because he was a better player than that, and that's where he should have been drafted, if not higher than that. I'll throw a note on that one, too, because I had this one handy for last year. Whenever the central scouting, and I love seeing players across the boards getting ranked. I love it's it. It's a big the, deal for these kids, yes. man, when you show up on that list. It's a big deal. And obviously, it's just, you know, it is a dart throw to an extent where the scouts don't know exactly what club is interested in them. So they right. kind of put them in that A ranking of, you know, this guy's going to be a first-round bona fide pick to a B ranking somewhere in the second or third or C ranking fourth and later. Right. So they kind of dish out those numbers that Andy was alluding to that way. But you look at the past couple of seasons, Seth Jarvis started as a, a B-ranked prospect. <laughs> and all of us here in Portland were like, uh, what? excuse me? <laughs> have you seen this guy We're like, hockey? have you not watched this guy? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, what do they do? They started watching him play hockey. Where'd he end? 13th overall pick in the NHL. That's an A-rated prospect, right? So right. players develop, and it's kind of the same thing with, with Allshirt. It's the same thing with some other guys. In my opinion, from what I'm seeing, I think it's going to be the same thing with Luca Cagnoni. You could quote me on this one, podcast one. I love it. Um, I, he's going to be another player, too, that I think is not going to get the love for whatever reason yet because maybe he hasn't been on the – oh, he really hasn't been on the international right. stage. He hasn't played for Helinka Gretzky Cup for Team Canada. He hasn't been doing, a, you know, a ton of the under-16 – like the program of excellence didn't pull him in for all these international tournaments, so they're a little, quote-unquote, off the radar right now, which is hilarious to say. But it makes sense. He wasn't drafted in the WHL. He was a late bloomer. That kid could skate. He has the offensive instincts. He has the shot. He's got the passing ability. He'll be one that slowly is going to rise to over the draft board um, over the season based on what play. But then it's always the interesting part because, Andy, you'll be talking to a handful of these guys we're talking about today. And, and it's going to be really interesting because the guys, some guys will love watching it and just kind of, you know, they naturally just get it on their cell phones and they'll stumble into a story and click on it to read on a buddy. Then all of a sudden they see themselves mentioned. So you kind of <laughs> randomly cross paths with it. But some guys love watching and then others just want to try to put it out because it is it's a distraction too yeah. it's hard that's a lot of pressure for a 17 year old to be like you're supposed to go 15th overall then you're an a like, grade like oh yeah you're like oh boy i gotta prove it well then you go into games you got a target on your back yeah and those players know that when they're you know an elite top prospect for that summer's draft or you've already been a top prospect you got no night off everyone's gunning for you whether it's a physical side whether it's you're pairing up against top lines that's it's such it, a good point it's, yeah. it's going to be really cool to see those stories to develop that's such a good point because if you're playing against a guy with an a draft grade you know scouts are watching you yes. first off and i want to look good against that guy because yes. i want to get an a draft grade correct. i want to move up right so correct you immediately want to outplay that player it's such a good point and i, I know for some if you even look at it, it can be a motivating factor of like, yep. wait a minute, I'm a C grade? Yep. <laughs> Have you seen me play? And you're going to use that as a chip on the shoulder to, to drive you the rest of the year. Let, let's get to the home opener because yep. this is exciting. 
I, they haven't played a game, and you know they got a week off now, and it's a Saturday night home game, which is always the best atmosphere at the VMC. What's go, like? What we got anything special cooked up? Are we feeling what's uh, what's going on on Saturday night? The, the big thing is there's a there's a huge uh, kickoff fan fest right outside the VMC. Ooh, it's supposed to be perfect weather really Saturday, good. 85 degrees. So Saturday from three to five, which is two hours before doors open. Doors open at five. Games at six against Tri City. Uh, a fan fest that's going to have live entertainment. There'll be a DJ on hand, axe throwing. Uh, lawn games, food <laughs> trucks, beer garden. So we're going to try to bring back that party atmosphere from the playoff vibe for those that attended that fan fest in the pl- in the postseason. Uh, and then also, what I think is one of the coolest things that you're allowed to do here at this level is there's going to be a, a essentially like a high five tunnel to enter the players into the rink. So fans most likely know tuning in here because you're a dedicated Hawks fan. But if you don't, if a game's at 6 o'clock, the players typically arrive at the rink to get ready and do you know a flush workout and just make sure they kind of get their muscles going, take their time stretching, get their sticks ready, make sure their equipment's good, chit-chat a little bit with their friends when they come in and the teammates, and then kind of dial it in for warm-up. So they'll get here sometimes three hours before the game. Actually, really oftentimes three hours before the game. Uh, so that was kind of the point of this. Start the Fan Fest at 3. Players will be arriving at 3. First time they're coming into the rink, so the fans get to really welcome them in and kind of bring that energy outside. There'll be music. The players will be coming down. You can give them high fives as they enter the rink. Uh, and I, I know last year when talking to the players, they absolutely were overwhelmed with how much support they got from the fans in the postseason. Uh, and it, it really hit home to them. Like, I, it was it was such a cool to, like, just day to feel that and we get to see it from like the staff side and I'm out there like kind of enjoying it as well but then when you talk to the players and think you know a lot of them came up to me and just you know unprovoked and, and said that was really cool yeah. like just seeing being able to talk to like just a few people as you're walking through but just see the energy and how how much excitement there was for this fan base going into playoffs uh, I, I hope it'll be much the same this Saturday I think that's the big thing uh, and then of course you're just going to ride right into the year and and uh, kind of get the show going and, and get the puck down and take on an Americans team that, that the Hawks have faced it seems like the last three years in their home <laughs> opener yeah, uh, yeah. so a little familiarity with it and uh, you'll have some U.S. division matchups but then you're also going to play some interconference matchups this year for the first time since pre-COVID in 1920. So It'd be great to have those back. That is a very big, exciting point for us. And actually, I think for the next home game, yeah, the next home game is Medicine Hat. So you're playing a team out east immediately into the season, which it's great to have the rivalries. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure the fans would agree. After you see Seattle 21 times, <laughs> you're probably thinking like, okay, we're a good team. They're a good team. Yes. Give us somebody else so we can see how we face against other opponents. Right, right. Um, so it'll be, it'll be nice to see some of those new team well I say new but we haven't seen him in three years so it's so weird. How, how do those programs develop too because it's literally just like I'm watching box scores in my computer screen on WHL live to keep posted with some of these players so it'll be exciting to get that back as well but obviously the home opener is going to be great uh magnet schedule pick that up when you come in there will be some giveaways this season especially in October keep an eye on those um and just just have some fun just be ready to have some fun I know it's always weird because like we said hockey season sneaks up um, but it's going to go by quickly. So it does every year. Cherish these home openers. Have fun in these first ones, and then uh, hopefully the the team can set the tone for us for the year. It'd be a great start, man. Already two and zero. They got off to a great start on the road. Now the home fans are back, and it's such a good. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the scheduling note of getting back to pre-COVID. But yes, the other part of it was, and I think why that playoff series was so fun and being at all those home games was it felt like that atmosphere got back to where you wanted it to be pre-COVID, right? For and, sure. And it took people a lot of time of for just not sure. feeling comfortable and not being around. And I get everybody's going at their different pace. Yep. And totally 
totally understandable, but Couldn't it felt like more. by the end of the year, it felt like it was, all right, this building's rocking again, and this yep. place is packed, and there's a fan, you know, fan zone outside, and everybody was excited to get back, and it feels like going into this season, we're, we're back there. Like, it's just a normal yes. hockey season. Yes. We're ramping up home openers. Fans are here, and nothing but excitement around the VMC. Yeah, to be honest, I think this is the year that I'm hoping we don't have to say the words before COVID anymore. I, I mean, I'm getting sick of saying it, too. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But it's just, you're just trying to allude to the things that we're still missing on, and one of those was, you know, the travel stuff, so it's good to see that's coming back. Um, you know, don't even sound like a negative Nancy over here uh, <laughs> during our podcast, but, you know... Just and, getting back to normal. Yes, it just feels good. Yes, you know? it'll feel good, and I'm, I'm with you 100% on what you said, though. I'm glad everybody stayed safe, and, and obviously the things that happened yep. needed to for that reason, but um, now we get to get that full flavor of the WHL again, which, you know, the staff, the fans, you and I, the players, we haven't had it for three years. So it's kind of like that that new toy. Yeah, we're all itching to get back. And it's going to be this Saturday at the VMC. Well, buddy, we're going to be doing this all year. We got the whole, we, it's back. And it's back because people wanted to listen to it. And Love people it. enjoyed it last year. So thank you to all the listeners. And this is going to be awesome. We got a whole schedule. I'm going to let you know about the whole schedule and what we're going to do. So don't worry about that. But until next time, buddy, it's always great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for doing this. And uh, let's go Hawks. Get a big win on open night. Well, my thanks again to Nick Merrick, the play-by-play voice of the Portland Winterhawks. And, you know, I said it there at the end with Nick, and I want to reiterate it here as we wrap up Season 2, Episode 1 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast, and that is I want to thank everybody who tuned in to Season 1. We had so much fun putting it together. We, did, we kind of flying by the seat of our pants, wasn't sure exactly how it was going to look and what format we wanted to do, but there was great support throughout the course of the entire season, and I can't thank all the listeners enough, and I can't believe that hockey is back, but there's a reason the Winterhawks podcast is back, and that is because you guys tuned in and you supported the podcast last year, and I can't thank you enough for that. So we are back for a Season 2, and I want to let you know kind of a behind-the-scenes, here's what we're thinking. So we're a little more planned out this year than we were last year now that we've had a year to kind of figure out work out some kinks and how do we want this thing to look so our, our general idea is going to be to have a fo- uh, focus on three different players throughout the course of, a, of the season. And we're, we're assuming one guy will be an already NHL-drafted player. You can take your guesses on who it's going to be. One player who is going into their draft year and going through that process throughout the course of the year, seeing where their name shows up on certain rankings and the you know just the stress that comes with trying to get drafted into the NHL. And then a third player who's just beginning their career kind of early on in the WHL and what it's like making that jump to, you know, playing professional hockey for the first time. So that's kind of the focal point. We're obviously going to have some of the things of, you know, women in hockey night and black hockey history night and Oregon hockey history. There's a lot of cool feature kind of highlight games that Portland will do throughout the course of the year. And those will obviously be highlighted on the podcast, but you know, this player series feature thing, I'm, I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. These kids have such great personality and it was so fun to interview them last year and get to know more about them and kind of their background and what they're going through and what it's like playing in the WHL. So I think it's going to be a really cool series, a real cool season two, and I'm excited to put that all together. There will be another episode. Episode two will come out next week, and we'll have the first of those player features, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that will do it. Season two, episode one of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Don't forget, go grab those tickets. The home opener is coming up on Saturday night. You can get those tickets at winterhawks.com. The fan fest going on outside the VMC. Hockey is back. It's back at the VMC, and Portland Winterhawks are already off to a 2-0 start. So what more could you ask for, folks? The weather's going to be great. And uh, have fun out at the VMC on Saturday night. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Season 2, Episode 1. We'll talk to you again next week with the start of those player features and the player series that we're going to have throughout the course of the season here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast. For Nick Merrick, the voice of the Hawks, I'm Andy Dur Johnson. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Go Hawks!
Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 